welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. This is going to be absolutely amazing tonight. You know, I'm a really good person to tell your secrets to because I do never tell. I never tell. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to tell you that I have a secret because I just have been talking to, like, one of my dearest friends in the world today, and I know a secret, and then they dropped this bombshell on me about that secret, like, two minutes ago, and so I'm just sitting here, and I'm like bouncing up and down, I'm so excited, but I can't tell anyone, but I'm so excited, and it's awesome and amazing, so I'm just going to tell you guys to be really happy, because there's an awesome, amazing secret out there somewhere that I can't tell you. (laughs) Oh, how's that for a teaser? All right, welcome to the show. The number, if you would like to call in and read tonight, is 646-595-3965. Yes, you know them. 646-595-3965. That is our call-in number for the evening. If you'd like to call in and read your poetry, no, Robbie, you're not pregnant. That is not the secret. <laughs> so, yeah, 646-595-3965. If you'd like to call in and read tonight, we'll be getting to our callers in just a moment. But first, we have some things we need to run through. I would like to remind you that if you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can do that by probably shooting me a message on Facebook would be the easiest. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me un- find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you want to put together. The workshop can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. They can be pre-recorded. They can be done live, or they can be done a combination of both. You can record them on your computer, or I can help you record them through a conference call, whatever you need to have set up. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. Basically, we all have something to teach, and we all have something to learn. And, uh, you know, even if you don't know what you want to do one, but it's like, I don't know what to do one on, Google it. Google Writing Workshop or Poetry Forum or something like that, and just find something you're interested in. Let's come on and be us about it. It'll be awesome. Next, I want to do our have your journals and your uh, pens out. I'm kind of giving you a warning, so you know we're getting to that 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 appointed part of the show where we do our mini workshop, Inspiration from the Inkwell. I really want to record some kind of a hey, why don't you guys want to do that? Like some cool music in the background and have it say, inspiration from the ink, well, 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 and fireworks going off or something. I don't know. But record me an intro for that this segment of the show, and I'll upload it. Or if I get a couple, then we'll have a, a, a voice off or something. I don't know, but do that, you guys, please. Somebody do that. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be ama- amazing. Okay, so anyway, time for inspiration from the inkwell. Have your journals, your notebooks open, your pen, paper, all, everything ready. I'm going to run through your writing assignment first. So the first thing that you will be doing is I want you to – what have we been working on is uh, free th- – Free writing, finish that thought prompts. 
Okay, a lot of people say, I don't know how to free write because I don't know what to write about you. That's the point of it. But I'm going to give you a push because you can't have that excuse anymore. So we are doing free writing, finish that thought, writing prompts. And what I want you to do is I want you to take this prompt or this sentence. Actually, it's not a prompt. Actually, it's a, it's a thought, precisely. Um, I want you to write this thought, the beginning of this thought, at the beginning of your journal page. And I want you to imagine that I'm saying this in my best 19... 50s Sam Spade detective voice, okay? And ready? Okay. It was a dark, stormy night. And what? So that's your thought. <laughs> it was a dark, stormy, lightning crashing night. Write that at the top of the page and then underneath it, I want you to strive and push yourself for at least 20 different ways you can finish that thought. So, you know, there is the cliche, it was a dark, stormy night, and out of all of the gumshoe shops, she walks into mine type of, okay, so that's finishing that thought. So it can be anything you want. It can be something serious. It can be something political. It can be something made up. It can be something funny, something dark, something whatever you want it to be. (laughs) All right, so... It was a dark, stormy night. Write that at the top of the page, and then write at least 20 different ways you can finish that thought. Okay. Next, we are going to be working on your poetry prompts. So on the clean journal page, I want you to write down all of the prompts that I'm going to give you in a moment. Now remember, poetry prompts are like seeds planted. They're meant to grow into poems. And with that said, the the prompt can be the title of the poem, it can be a line in your poem, or it can be the journal concept of your poem. And beyond those guidelines, whatever you do with them is entirely up to you. (laughs) I'm not the boss of you. So number your paper 1 through 12. I'm going to run through these real quick. Your first prompt is my first language. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. (laughs) Um, there's 14 number your paper 1 through 14 because I was working on this list today and I started the words all started all the different prompts started rolling together into a poem and I put 14 in there because I was thinking all of them as I was writing a poem with these prompts inside my head and I didn't know what two I was going to keep and which two I was going to get rid of or what I would put in a poem or what I wouldn't and I was panicking and so I was like wait wait (laughs) I can do what I want this is my show right So this week you get 14 because I couldn't figure out which two to cut. All right, so one, (laughs) my first language returns. My first language returns. Number two, the rampart of what was. The rampart of what was. Number three, the ocean's rightful child the ocean's rightful child number four three days to kill a dragon three days to kill a dragon number five the gift of hunger the gift of hunger six time nibbles away at the corners Time nibbles away at the corners. Seven, 
at the jagged end of that longest night. At the jagged end of that longest night. Number eight. The cracked open heart of it. The cracked open heart of it. Number nine. To travel with the wind. To travel with the wind. Ten. Through asphalt vapors. Through asphalt vapors. Number eleven. Slip or slipping, slipping under the edge of evening. Slipping under the edge of evening. Number twelve. Filled with a longing to race. Filled with a longing to race. Thirteen. In the cold sky of dawn. In the cold sky of dawn. And number fourteen. The perfect decoy. The perfect decoy. So those are your 14 prompts for this week. All right. If you missed any of those, don't panic and come back after the show is done airing and get into our archives, grab the podcast, and listen to the first show and get these all written down. Or you can uh, send me a message and I can send them to you, whatever you'd like. So with these 14 prompts, remember they should be the title of a line in or the general concept of your poem. You can write 14 different poems, one to each prompt. You can mix and match them and grab 13 and 2, 6, 8, 10, and jump back up there and grab 4 and use those. So mix and match them however you want. Or you can use Get Real Froggy and use, which I'm going to try to do, is use all the lines in one poem. So all 14 prompts worked into one poem. That's what I meant by as I was putting them on here, as I was writing them out here today, I was the, the palms started forming in my head, so I didn't know which two to cut. So now I don't have to cut anything. <laughs> it's good to be the boss. <laughs> All right, so those are your 14 prompts. Now the next thing we're going to do is get right into your writing exercise because that involves your 12 prompts that I just gave you. So we've com- combined we've <laughs> we've We've squished up, we've done a mashup on your prompts in your writing exercise. <laughs> oh, my face isn't working. Um, anyway, so the writing exercises we've been doing have incorporated our prompts from our poetry prompt section because I think this is a really good exercise for you to do with these prompts prior to writing to them. And by combining them, it gives you a chance to. Um, Instead of having your brain go in two different directions and, and have to to think out two different things, you are thinking one thing and doing two things to it, which makes it much easier for inspiration. And I'm hoping some of you followed that. But if you didn't, you can listen back to it in the archives three or four times, play it backwards, and it will start to make sense. So your writing exercise that we're doing is called pick apart a prompt writing exercise. And what this is meant to do is to make you realize that what you do with with a prompt before you sit down and write to it is way, way, way more important than what you write to it. Our brain has muscle memory just like any other part of us. I say October. I say May. I say circus. All of those things instantly in our brains, our inspiration programming is going to pull up the muscle memories for that word. 
and going down three layers of those images. Most of us are going to have the same images, but it's when we get down to layer four or five or six that we are really discovering that unique, deep place inside of us and are able to write from there because that's the place where if you poke it, it doesn't just trickle out in the palm. It explodes in your face. Okay, so push yourself to find those that voice deeper inside of you. And that's what these, this exercise is going to help you do. So help you to get away from your first typical knee-jerk reaction. Our brains automatically pull us in when we hear something that's inspiring and look deeper into it. So for this exercise, as I said, you are going to be using the 12 prompts that I just gave you. And from that list, I want you to start on a clean journal page. And at the very top, I want you to write down the first prompt, which in this case was what? My first language returns. So at the top of the page, write down my first language returns. And then I want you to not write a poem to it yet, but instead I want you to, number one through six underneath that prompt, and I want you to write down 12 different poems you could write to that prompt. Did I say 12? It's supposed to be six. If you wrote 12, I would be so flipping proud of you. In fact, I'm going to start having a contest where I give stuff away on the air if you guys do this and, like, take a screenshot of it and, and send it to me. Okay. So you could, I want, you're supposed to do six, but if you do 12, you're just going to be, like, teacher's pet. Anyway, so at the top of the page, write my first language returns. And then underneath it, I want you to write at least six different poems you could write to that prompt, six different ways you could take it, six different um, angles you could look at it from, things that could be a voice for or the shadow of, the face, the mask covering. Okay. So write down the first prompt and then at least six to 12, <laughs> six to 12 poems you could write to it. Then I want you to go to the second prompt and do the same thing for it. Write it on a clean page. And why a clean page? Because you always want to leave room to, to continue. What if you came back later and thought of six more poems and you didn't have any place to write them under number one? So, yeah. Top of a clean page, write the second prompt. And then write at least six, six different poems you could write to that prompt. Go on down the list until you reach number 12. And you have at least six different poems you could write to each of the 12, 14, I mean, prompts. <laughs> All right? And I promise you, and I put this challenge out there every single week, and I have had nobody call me on it because it is the truth. You cannot do this exercise that I just gave you without somewhere along the way, along the paths you're following, where something, an idea, is going to jump out and grab you and you're going to end up writing a pretty amazing poem because of it. And if you can get through all 12, doing at least six for each one, 14, and doing a, a, a six for each one, you know what I'm saying. Okay, when I say 12, I mean 14, all right? So you will not be able to get through that, all of those, without finding something that's going to grab you and take off and running. And that's what searching in those deeper areas inside ourselves 
are going to reward you with doing this. So once again, these are your 14 prompts and the prompts you will also be using in your Pick Apart Prompt Writing exercise before you write to them is number one, my first language returns. Two, the rampart of what was. Number three, the ocean's rightful child. Four, three days to kill a dragon. Number five, the gift of hunger. Six, time nibbles away at the corners. Seven, at the jagged end of that longest night. Eight, the cracked open heart of it. Nine, to travel with the wind. Ten, through asphalt vapors. Eleven, slipping under the edge of evening. Twelve, filled with a longing to race. Number thirteen, in the cold sky of dawn. And number fourteen, the perfect decoy. So there you go. Those are your twelve writing prom, prom or fourteen writing prompts, and the prompts you'll be using in your pick apart a um, pick apart a prompt. I'm just going to have to start doing it like you know, he, she, his, her, this, they, these is going to be your prompts. <laughs> so yeah, those are your fourteen prompts. Remember, you guys, we are working on a couple of things as a way to help improve ourselves, kind of a combined goal where we can all encourage each other and do them together. It's easier when, you know, there's safety in numbers. (laughs) But we are focusing on reading, reading, reading. Remember, if you are not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. You must feed your brain, all right? The two ongoing activities that, as I mentioned, that we are focusing on are first, I want everyone to, or we would like, or we decided that, I decided for you that your goal for this year would be to try to learn one new poetry prompt form, or poetry form, every single month. So every single month, go up at Google and grab poetry form and pick one that you don't know and, and play with it for the month. Make it your word puzzle for the month. And write write one, learn one new po- like I did this, I did the sonnet, and I screwed it up. One had you know the, the count was off on one of the lines, but you know it was pretty amazing because that has been the my that has been my nemesis forever is the sonnet, and I finally wrote one. So yeah, always strive to learn more, to educate yourself, to become stronger, to just grow. All right, second. And again, this talks about stepping out of your comfort zone because it makes you develop, it makes you commit to a writer's discipline. And that's hard. Finding time to sit down every single day and write is really hard for some of us. You know, some days we just come home and we just don't have the brain for it. You know, sometimes the day doesn't let go of us until we're exhausted and falling asleep on the floor. Sometimes we just want to shut our brains off. Okay, so how do you, especially with all the stuff going on in the world right now, so how do you go through everything that we're going through and still have fine time, fine, fine time to nurture yourself, feed your creative side, do something to keep it alive? How do you do that? And the best thing that, that I can, the best one I could come up with for you guys, and that I'm doing this too, and I've been doing this every single year since about five years ago, I started doing this but I want you to go out every day 
and find something worth 17 syllables. And with those, I would like you to write a haiku poem every single day. Now, a haiku poem, the traditional American version of a haiku poem, is a three-line poem, and there's a syllable count of the first line five, second seven, and third five. So first line is five syllables, and seven syllables, and then five syllables, three lines. And that's the count. And the uh, the structure of the American haiku is is pretty loose, so you can just you know basically do your your count and you're good. So every day, look around you, listen, stop, touch, hesitate, stumble, hiccup. I don't care. But every day, notice something with 17 syllables and write down a haiku. And if you write it down, that's only 15 syllables. I don't care. You can add the other ones later. Just get the thought down on paper. And that one little, how long does it take to write 17 syllables, you guys? That one little act of writing every day, even if you don't do anything else, is going to be a catalyst for an inferno inside you. You have to keep that pilot lit, lit, pilot light lit, the, keep the fire on. (laughs) I'll keep the light on for you. Um, But doing that, you're constantly, constantly feeding the fire, feeding the furnace, feeding the brain, you know, feeding your muses. And you will be paid back a thousandfold. So, yeah, every single day go out and find something worth 17 syllables. Not long after that, you're going to have a haiku book. Every poet should, even if they are a, even if they are like, you know, a, a street poet, prose storyteller, should have uh, anyone a writer worth their weight it has a book of haiku so this is something you should do anyway <laughs> all right the next thing i am going to do is i want to take a moment and thank our sponsors and this is really really important you guys especially because we're getting ready here to celebrate our 15th year on the air and that's pretty amazing and we've got people we'll be talking to tonight who have been here since our very first show. Fifteen years ago, they called into the very first show. Gregory Schwartz, he was on our very first show we ever had We ever had here. Yeah, and, and 15 years later, he's still calling in and hanging out with us. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So, those of you who have, and I did this by myself for a long time, and then one sapien jumped up to the plate and helped me for a couple of years and and it just kind of grew from there but you know now the the with the increases in everything we really would not still be on the air if it was not for the generous help of our sponsors who helped cover part of the cost for our 2021 broadcasting license and you know I I, I love this I love doing this with you guys you know I don't know <laughs> if you realize how much but i hope the fact that i've been here every week every thursday and doing this with you for 15 years tells you guys what you mean to me sincerely so you know just what this community has grown into the respect it shows itself and each other and you know the the influence we have on each other and the appreciation we have and the support just all of it is just absolutely incredible. So this 
I'm, I'm going off on a tangent because then we're getting really emotional about our anniversary show. And I'm, I got to talk to you. Okay, we're, we got to stop. I got to talk to you about the anniversary show. Don't let me forget where I was. I'm doing the sponsors. I'm writing that down because I won't forget because I will forget. Okay, so our anniversary show. I was looking at the calendar, and we were going to do our anniversary show. I was going to do it either this week or next week, but I don't have, didn't have time to put this stuff together. And I'm not going to have it time to put it together by next week, I don't think. Not what I wanted to do for the show. So I thought, well, we'll just have the 11th or the 18th. We'll do it on the 18th. But the 18th is Thanksgiving. How inconvenient of them to do that, to put Thanksgiving on Thursday. So I think, guys, that we are going to do our anniversary show on the 25th. And I need to check with Jimmy. And if that's not a good day for Jimmy then we are going to, we'll try to do it next week. But no, I, you'll definitely, I'll, I'll be posting it all over everywhere with fireworks, so <laughs> you won't miss it. But so, but I think we're going to, I'm going to strive to put it on the 25th because I don't want to rush it. I have things I want to do for you on that. So, yeah, I think that's when it's going to be. All right, anyway, so those of you who helped sponsor Speakeasy Cafe's 2021 Broadcasting License we have Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darling Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert Mickey, Jade Miss, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, and Barbara Cope Wilson. We also had donations made in, anonymously in the names of Cherry Rose, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Still, Rick Smith II, and King's Cadence. So thank you. Thank you, sponsors. We appreciate you so much. Sincerely. Pretty amazing, this place. You guys are just incredible. Anyway, all right. So, yeah. <laughs> Next thing I am going to do is I am going to play an audio track. Now, we always start and stop, or start and end every episode with a track from one of you poets. So if you would like to send me in something you have recorded you can probably the email address uh, would be the easiest and it has to be mp3 format for me or something that I can download in an mp3 format just FYI because I've got a lot of stuff sitting in there that I'm still trying to figure out how to get out of there um, but the word that is in the email title you can email those to me at the the the, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com put audio tracks something like that in the subject line and i will get them uploaded to the show's library and we will play them for the world the piece that i'm going to start the show with tonight is we are the lions and this is by spoken cinema here you go i don't have a problem with pornography I mean, I don't get upset when I see sexually exploitive commercials. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> those are usually my favorite ones. I mean, I don't know what her ass has to do with my hamburger, but I'm going to drive through the very next day. I have a problem with violent movies or images or the word bitch. 
don't have a problem with jokes about women. In fact, I freely admit there are times where I sit back with my fellas and kick back, talk about some bitch and how I wish I could hit that, talk openly in public places. I'm concerned if your kids laugh. I mean, it's just words, just jokes, just dudes talking shit that you never expect is going to get back. However, I do have a problem with violence and cruelty, and rape and abuse. And even if we know it's just me. It's just you. It's just a few harmless chokes between me and my dudes. It still perpetuates a culture where it's easy to confuse the link between the jokes and the bruise, between her getting choked and what's just jokes between dudes. And if there's a connection between the things I don't have a problem with and the things that I do, then perhaps I need to rethink my views on the way we view women and how many views sexually exploitive images get on YouTube. My best friends have beautiful children. And if what I have to do to keep their daughters from getting raped or harassed or abused is choose to accept domestic violence as a man's issue too, then I'll do that. And if their sons grow to be like the men that they see, so it's on me to live like the men I want them to be, then I will do that too. And when they're of a certain age, I will tell them this story I heard when I was young about this village being terrorized by lions. See, every so often in this village, the Villagers would wake to find beds ransacked, bodies torn, and for some odd reason, the bodies were always female. Panicked, uh, the men of the village started sleeping in shifts to make sure at least one man was always watching. Despite that, the lions came. Too worried to sleep. Now, the mothers crept to the beds of their babies, and there, watching over them, they learned why the victims were never men. Because on random nights, for unknown reasons, as the fog crept in and the moon caught in the branches, the boys and men of the village became the very thing the women they loved feared most. When I was young, I thought that story was about lions. <sighs> it's not. See, we are children, the monsters are under the bed. When we are adults, the monsters have moved. They are inside us. They fight us. They climb in bed beside us. And so to stay safe from danger, we raise our girls to believe they must avoid it. And we raise our boys to believe they must become it. And so they do. And then one day, they grow up to discover they are the lions. They are the ones you're watching out for. They are the ones. We ask her, what did you do? When we should ask him, what have you done? But we don't. As if we can't blame him, as if it's her fault for failing to accept that being safe around men, that's not safe to expect. I mean, she got in a cage with a lion. She deserves what she gets. And as men, we have to reject that mindset or the violence won't end. We have to accept most often it starts in the hands and hearts and minds of men. And we are the lions time and again. And if we aren't the lions, we are on their side. Too often standing proudly in defense of the pride, perhaps afraid that if we stand with women against the lion, we will ourselves be devoured. And so, ironically, to prove we aren't cowards, we become cowards. To prove we aren't weak, we become weak. To prove we are still lions, we become sheep, unwilling to do the one thing that must be done. Speak. And our silence chokes as heavy as hands. It stings in every black eye where men stand. Violence lives or dies. And that is why to call this just a women's issue is a lie. We must be involved. This is a problem that cannot be solved with our silence. If we want to end the violence, we must speak. We must act. One in five women are raped by men. We must own that fact. 640,000 women and girls are trafficked for sex annually. We must own up to that. Three women are killed each day by men who say they love them. That fact 
is ours and ours alone. Domestic violence is ours to own. This is what we must understand. This violence ends where it starts in the hands and in the hearts and in the minds of men because we are the lions. Time and again. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible piece. I love it. All right. So, guys, once again, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. It's a number that you can use if you would like to call in. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731. Michael? 731 is our first caller tonight, so listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure to introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading, just so that, uh, you know, you, you, wanted to make sure, you want to make sure your name's attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there into the world without having your name on it. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing. And then people let people know who you are so that I don't get bombarded with messages saying, oh, my gosh, who is this? And then I miss something you say, and... And then what that would be horrible because I need to pay attention to you. So, yeah, very important. (laughs) Make sure that you introduce yourself when I bring you on. The next thing, you can read two poems right now. We may be having some issues with the lines. I am not sure yet. I have not been notified, but, yeah. Things are, are jetting around. It looks kind of funny. So anyway, if you're trying to call in, just in case, if you're trying to call in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. It'll let you in eventually. Usually when there's something going on here, the texts are really quick to fix it. We love our BTR people. All right. So anyway, telephone area code, introduce yourself. You can read two poems. If we get too busy at some point and I have to change that, I will let you know when that point arrives. But... Um, you know, up till then you're you're good with two. When you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. That way, people can come find you, can can show you some love, all that good stuff. That's very very important. Creating your writer's social network, and then remember, please, as our last bit here, we have a mature rating. That means you are bound to hear just about anything here, with the exception of hardcore erotica. Okay. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you are good to go. So let's go ahead and grab. I'm gonna let me give you the first three callers first so you kinda of have a heads up where you are. We have seven three one, then five seven three, followed by two five six. Those are our first three callers. I do want to let area codes uh, 219, looks like um, Brother O and 702, Jimmy. You guys are not in the lineup. Press 1 if you'd like to come on. So, uh, Jimmy, if you want to press 1, if you want to come on tonight with me, press 1, and that will let me know so I can get to unmute you. If you're here just hanging out and listening and playing with your boys, thank you for being here. We love you. Or press 1, and we'll bring you on live. All right, let's go ahead and grab Michael. 731, you're on the air. Nala, this is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Can you hear me okay? I'm trying to headset out tonight. I can hear you well. Okay. Because if it's bad, I'll take it off and throw it in the garbage. i got to get a new phone no matter what. It's it's not as loud as it normally is. So if there's a volume on it, you really? can turn it up a little. But even with it 
even with that being said, we can hear you quite clearly. Okay, I turned the volume up. Does this help? It does help, yes. Wow, that's great. I don't have to scream at the top of my lungs. Although I'm probably the loudest person you'll ever meet in your life. You just <laughs> don't want to know how loud I can get. I'm really loud. So I've been going through uh, emails. I don't know what prompted me. Probably this crazy dream I had last night. And finding tons of poetry that I've written that I just basically emailed to myself or some friends. Um, I probably have October hundreds the, in my email from you where you'll just where just randomly send me a poem to brighten my day. Uh, well, this one right here, this one uh, is from October the 4th, 2009. This was on uh, Legacy Writers of Harmony Pub, the Sunday Wordplay Workshop. The topic was Rebirth and Renewal. Today's task is to write a sonnet. <laughs> okay, I like sonnets. Include three of ten words. I like them all, so I use them all. And rewrite, write about rebirth and renewal, a piece of cake. And also pointed out that Nyla posted a new picture this week. This was a picture of you on the train car. And uh, Alba liked it so much she messed with your face as she did a drawing. So uh, it says here, I told Nyla this was the first picture I ever wanted to write to. And Nyla said, well, if you do, I want to read it. So, you remember the picture, the white noise picture? I do, I do. Great. So, so, so I wrote a poem called White Noise, having no idea that you had not not long earlier had written a poem called White Noise, and that really kind of embarrassed me for a minute, but you said, hey, it's okay. It's a coincidence. Anyway, this is just a little sonnet that I wrote, and no one will get anything about this sonnet because it's so far out there, but you'll get the most of it. Basically, what it says is I seriously got the hots for you that day. That's just, that's what writers do, okay? That's how it works in the poetry world. So, <laughs> without further ado, white noise for Nyla. Dark star shines bright, calls to emerge intact. Extend hand, hence soar, to renaissance fair. Abstain, dark, flaunt remorse. Opposites track, suffer conversion, renovate ghost chair. Sorceress tends to dabble in delight, shape-shifting, essence lending in concert. White magic rendered, hidden in plain sight, reclaim no pain within grasp, gain convert. Psyche strong, prone to wielding, personates, monarch regnant, yielding heart of a child. Subjects crowd common, witness ripos traits, renaissance displayed, steadfast, spirit wild. Enact exact change according to fate, perceptions least altered, often equate. Insight. I love you so much. That's awesome. Yeah, obviously, obviously, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you you've been here since before the beginning too. You know, I think about think about that. I knew you before the speakeasy, right? Or was it right after I That's started true. the speakeasy? It was before the speakeasy. Uh, uh, we met before I knew speakeasy existed. You and Jimmy had started it a few months prior. I didn't know what it was. 
<laughs> I, I, I met you because Laney said, hey, there's this girl you need to meet. Wow. Thanks, Laney. <laughs> Top of the list. Of and because of that, we've had the most amazing friendship over all these years, and you are so dear to me. I think so. You need to send me a copy of that poem. Okay. You're like my my you're like my my I don't know my I'll think of the right word. I'm a right yeah you're my something. You are my something. That is absolutely the perfect word. You are my something, Michael. Yeah. You know what you are to me? What? You're my everything. Aww. Mm-hmm. All okay. right, I, I, got I, got more, I got one more quick one. <laughs> Here we go. One more quick one. This okay. is called uh, Missed Call. Missed Call. I awoke to a missed call on my phone. I knew I should not have left it alone, but from time to time, charges required. Sure picked a bad time for what transpired. Instantly, I knew in my heart it was you who tried to call but couldn't get through. I admit the last thing I was expecting was a call from you, even one misdirecting. I wondered in haste what was on your mind as I fumbled the phone in haste in a bind. It hit the floor and bounced. One, two, three, I picked it up and, oh, my, nothing to see. I shook it. I cursed it, softly caressed. How could it deny me my unheralded guest? I prayed to the phone gods to bring it back. What had I designed to deserve such faith and lack? With so many frantic emotions, it gave a buzz. If I never know what worked, okay, because the screen showed I was awarded a missed call. Just a simple request from me, that's all, was required to get to the herd of the matter. Soon I would be knee-deep in recorded chatter. I listened to instructions how to be befriended. Turns out mine was a wrong number. Call unintended. Through my tears, you can't guess what was next. I saw you indeed. It's no longer text. I was enthralled at your opening query, you know, as you asked so sweetly, did you have snow? And poem. <laughs> I love that piece. I love to share crazy. cell phone stories, misdials and, and redials and wrong numbers sometime. That's the only one I've got. I just shared everything I've got. That's it. <laughs> we'll save that one because I, I think that I may start doing a thing where, where you know, it isn't the theme of the night, but it's the prompt for the night, and I'm going to give it out the week before. I'll figure it out, but that may be, that may be uh, it. Miss Styles. I have one question before I go. One yes, question. Sir. What's the secret? You're gonna, you haven't told us yet. What is the secret, Nala? Tell us your I, secret. I can't, and I absolutely won't. I am, I am, a locked cage of iron will when it comes to that. I can't tell you, but I am really excited. Will you tell Jenny? I can't tell anybody. It's their will secret tell to tell, Annie, not mine. Will you, will you tell Annie Eustacia? I won't will tell anybody. Will you tell anybody. Mama? If Mama no. asks you tonight, will you tell her? Nope. Not my secret to tell. But right. it's exciting. <laughs> John Wright it is. <laughs> I was giddy right, from the moment. <laughs> tell everyone how to find you. I don't even know where to find me. I can't remember where I'm at. 
I've lost track of myself. It's pretty bad, isn't it? I don't know where I'm at. Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> you can find me at mikeTodd.blogspot.com. M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. That place has been jumping lately. I haven't posted anything forever. I, I'm going to really try to post another poem there before the year's out if I can. My problem is the only poem I write is one that it used to be a story I'd never told. I changed it. And now it's a story no one has ever told. And if I can't write a story no one's ever told, I just won't write. It's really, it's really easy to write stories that's never been told. It, it is. You just got to pay attention to the world around you. This is true. Poets think great storytellers. That's right. Some of the best, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started out as a storyteller, and I got bored writing stories, and I started just putting them in rhyme because I found I had a rhyming disorder. <laughs> And become a master at sonnets. And people tell me, like, well, you know, it doesn't have to rhyme to be a poem. I'm like, well, you're picking a fight with the wrong person here. First of all, I didn't push your button. So (laughs) that's another another place. All right, I got to go. You got got folks waiting to wound up just like me. Love you, bye. All right, my darling. We will talk to you next week. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller dun, 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 comes from 573. 573, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. It's Mr. Spittle. Hey, Sin. How are you, babe? Yeah. That's up for discussion. Another time, another place. <laughs> So Time what do you have for us tonight? I'll ask you that. That might be safer. Yeah. Uh, I got an old one. I probably read it before. I wrote it when I was 17. And then I got a somewhat newer one for you. So if we may. Mm-hmm. Rick, frozen, and empowered. Walk the peak to witness snails solemnly buried. There I saw sunlight fade, the desk one and I, wrote on clouds, changing hues and passing showers, eyelids on glass smoke stacked lies, so jaded, inhaled precious toxic gases, luck cut misery in a time one confides, caving I found mortal worries lost in irrelevance, drifting sleepy visions deep, and you took my wealth, woke to give in to one more go of needle digging, Strange you indulge, whether your cup half full or plenty. Distill sips from my chalice and brush with the fury. Share a smoke, but turn when violently I shook. Hear miracles twitch and aging gyrations that burn cool. Weep as blood invades waters. Bathe with me in passion, steeping oracles forgotten. Love sings untrue, reflected from redundancy's lighted tower. Cable off again, someone forgot to feed the power. Your eyes stolen are showing the yellowing of hours and hours. My heart pounds in anticipation louder, echoed in corridors. Candle burns black silver backs and tethered glows thick, juicing the fruits of Satan's benevolence and counters the 
found ourselves draped in fields of cornstarch spent cotton, tweaking on a lopsided moonrise. I don't have the worth to dig any deeper than the shadows allow, shuffling amongst the worms, snails, and mortuary flowers, drinking the air deep as lung butter on porcelain altars, catching sideways glimpses of all that has gone amiss, prance on broken clouds heavy with steps of angels, witnessing trivial acts of unholy sanctions on flyways, limited now the low and worth martyr themselves anxiously, drunk from drinking deep and flesh torn by rusty nail, enter my body vigorously through moments, not hours, lay with me in fields of spray-painted pragmatic posings. The eclipse to come will reinvent lost sermons wasted, stone the notions of social reform to engage and devour. I'm freeze-framed lunacy and death. I am empowered. Slumped over steering wheels, heartbeat chasing, second I was raped of courage and displaced, gurgling in the lulls of timulence as life fading. End peace. Wow. Everything is so jagged edged. All the way through. That's the, the that's the feeling that you get well, thank you. hearing that is that, that jagged edge. Incredible, hun. What, what, what is the time of a jagged little pill? <laughs> mhm. So proud of you. All right. What's the next one? All right. Second one is a social piece called Bearing Consciousness. Disassemble the wheels of your consciousness as a whole. Split beneficiary of self-indulgent wiles to further the gap. Quizzically now, the minions are misguided by the grand ruse, interloper of directions flawed to illuminate this resurrection, ambient folly. Serenaded hostile crowd misled by false prophets, true puppeteers. Nah, maliciously, that you presume to trigger kaleidoscope friends. Tragedy is in every second newborn raging to crack foundations. Stupidity is a bowl of cereal overfed to the belligerent masses, eclipsing reason. Anti-conformity was a cross you bled on, inverted for just cause. Imbecile, digitalized, viral media junkies set to infect the populace. Corner your rights on a soapbox of misery to be worse than the now. Who will buy that for a dollar when the cost is a thousand gold? Hypocrisy chasing. Treating life like a drug you right away waste of time. Such a color shaded don't mask the truth you deny. Thinking I'm all over the place. That's what streaming consciousness is. Barter your invested folly for a new set of rose-tinted lenses. Sunflower vision. That rat. Stress jam, man. Are you losing digits too? Leprosy of the mouth is what society has been giving. Guns and militant arms are the voodoo you're evoking in peace's name. Power trippers, man, got the world gunned down in shame. Tyranny quickens. Illustrate an alliteration of self-worth I would hang a charm on. Then, maybe we'll see the light. This amethyst reliquary you're chasing. I question the past intended on feeble thoughts for better futures. Pants around ankles, you're caught thinking mighty, but just disgrace. Fear and consciousness, is there even a little hope or faith? Empty. Wow. That was in- that was awesome. That was incredible to hear. It had a really, really good 
you know, even for the subjects that you write about, that one, I mean, that one was, what's the word for it? Was I'm, What am I trying to think of quickly? Help me, Sin. Oh, the intensity of it, I guess. I don't know. I love the I love the way it, it verbally sounded when you read it. it was added added so much to it, the so much power to it. Well, I thank you, Mara. You're welcome. Fantastic job, honey. Well, cool. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate being on. Oh, and we appreciate you so much. You know that that our anniversary show is coming up. I'm really hoping that you can make it to that because you're a you're a long time member of our family here. We will see. When's that coming up? It's going to be maybe next week, but I doubt it. I think I'm going to try to push if Jimmy's available to do it on the 25th because the 18th is Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, probably the 25th, because things have been crazy here, and I didn't get everything done yet. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) All right. Great job, honey. Thank you. Have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. It's always good to hear from Sin. All right. Our next caller comes from area code... I'm going to go ahead and get the next three. That way you'll kind of know where you are. We have uh, 256 followed by 832 and then 219. And once again, we are having issues with the lines confirmed. So if you're trying to call in and you can't get through, just keep trying. If you're getting that fast, busy signal, it'll let you in eventually. Alrighty. So let's go ahead and bring area code 256. Stan, Mr. Stan, are you with us? Oh, of course I am. How are you doing this evening, Alan? <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. How are you, hon? I'm doing well. I am doing well. It is amazing to hear from you. Oh, it's amazing to be doing this this many times in a row so far. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to jinx it. It's like, you know, you, you, fin- you finally get that wild beast to eat out of your hand and you want to spook it away. <laughs> it's like, it's like no, 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 he's here. Don't move because you'll startle him. <laughs> really? What do you have for us tonight, love? Well, I took some of the prompt words from last week and put them together in a poem. And this is called A Leaving, A Lament. The way of me a penny at a railroad crossing, spread thin in all directions, heart-twisted, tossing. Communications to friends and family of well-being and good cheer, lies trapped in a pencil sharpener like the shavings, brittle and sheer. Oh, to be as a sparrow on the wind above this sad oblivion, Or stand, hold strong in the heavens as the star hunter, Orion. A solitary memory is not enough to ease the morose my heart is in. 
It's as in the month of leaves, autumn. You're leaving my soul naked, barren, in peace. Wow. You get five gold stars. I pulled while you were when you were sort of saying it was from the prompts. I pulled it up so I could have a list in front of me, and you ticked almost every single. Was it? Did you get all of them in there? All twelve? No. <laughs> yeah, the one I didn't hear was the seven doves. Yeah, there was a couple of them I didn't hear in there, so I was hoping I hadn't missed them. But that was phenomenal, and I love so much. You have no idea how teachers pettish that makes you that you do your homework and bring it back here and read it. I mean, seriously. Well, I don't. I don't use all the prompts. I don't. But there is such a a great collection of vision you can get from like one or two, mm-hmm. and then that leads into three and four. You know, so I usually end up with about six. <laughs> that is so awesome. It absolutely tickles me. You're going to read two? Well, I'm going to make this one very quick. You don't have to make it too quick. (laughs) Okay. As we are doing haikus, I thought I'd offer a haiku. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell yes. A haiku? (laughs) Then you better read like six of them. Oh, good grief. You give me an inch and I take a mile. What can I say, Stan? I know. All right, go ahead. Here we go. Prominent moonlight dancing with fireflies who mimic the stars. I love it. Fireflies, stars. What is absolutely not to just be enamored with that poem, that haiku. I'm so glad you read it. Oh, thank you. But it should be six verses thank longer. You. Longer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. That's that's my challenge to you for this week. My personal challenge to you this week is to write a six-verse haiku. Well, I've done a five-verse, so I imagine I can pull off a six. Yeah. See, always pushing, always pushing, always asking for more. Typical woman. I know. <laughs> there, there's the challenge. A six-verse haiku. Haiku. I could make it really hard and tell you that you had to write it in six different forms of haiku. <sighs> just, just throwing a little wrench in there and <laughs> twisting it a little. Because I know that's going to sit and fester in your brain now. Yes. I got, yes. I got you figured out. <laughs> do, do, do you have any idea, <laughs> any idea at all, what this does to a master procrastinator? Oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't have to be done by next week. There's no time limit. You can bring it back to me five years from now. Okay. 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 Well, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Michael. Or Soldier Blue. <laughs> ah, they have prompts I've yeah. given them 15 years ago. Oh, good grief. Yeah. All right, go ahead, hon. 
All right, this isn't going to be a haiku. It's going to be a short piece, but not a haiku. Okay. This is The Voice. In serenity found enlightenment, with whispers on air, visions clear. Escape from the din of rhetoric without intimidation, hatred, or fears. The oasis of the souls in solitude lends moments of clarity of mind. In this meditative environment, common sense and conscience defined. Truth discovered in sound of silence. Her lilting voice rises above the concophony. Hearts find their way to wisdom's light and imparted in poems and philosophy and peace. Wow. See, now I'm content. Now I'm content. I am glad. All right, my darling, do me a favor and tell everybody everything that you've got going on, where they can come find you, how they can get involved, all of that good stuff. Tell us all things Stanley. Well, Facebook, you'll find me as Stanley Phillips on there. Uh, Occasionally, you'll find me on different venues of the Epiphany Radio broadcasting. You will, on occasions and hopefully consistently, Start finding me Thursdays on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, other than that, you could possibly find me in four anthologies from World Poetry Open Mic from 2017 to 2020. And, of course, Philip Kent Church's anthology, Outlaw Poetry Were in Cahoots. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Absolutely amazing. I am so glad that you were here. We're able to call in. And we will talk to you next week. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I, I, I don't want to push the envelope too far here, but just, you know, just a subtle hand if you can. I will try. All right, baby. Thank you, Stan. My pleasure. All right. Our next caller, you guys, comes from area code from a place far, far out of the blue. We have 832. Hey, Nyla. Hello, Soldier Blue. Uh, Um. Yeah, that's pretty if if you have if you remember any of those prompts from fifteen years back, you might want to share those because I don't I don't have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> that's like under so much so much under so much mist and fog. I I don't know if I could ever find a path back to it. But see, you and you and uh, or you and. Um, Michael are really good about flat out telling me I don't do homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those I don't do Windows things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't expect them, but I still give them. Okay. <laughs> and you've done a couple. You've actually done a couple I've given you over the years. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't totally thrown it over the shoulder. You know. 
And, you know, I was talking about that earlier because this is our uh, the month of our 15th year on the air. And yeah. um, you've been there. You, I've known you since before the beginning, too. Oh, I heard yeah. you reading on other blog talk radio shows before I ever started to speak easy. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I mean, I, I did a couple of other, other people's. I can't. Don't ask, I can't recall everybody's, but I remember one that was really interesting was one of the guys uh, who was the host wanted me to take like some lyric lines from one of the uh, uh, Metallica songs off of the Black Album and uh, basically write to it. And so I did. And we basically went back and forth on it in terms of him writing one, me writing one, and that and so forth. Yeah, it's kind of cool, you know. Was who was the host? I like I said, I can't remember right now. I mean, it's just it was like a one and done thing, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> they had to have been either Andy or it sounds like something that. Uh, well, you'd have known if it was Michael. So it's probably Andy because yeah. he writes yeah. to he writes to music a lot. Yeah. Well, like I said this 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 guy was really really into metal, so he you know he wanted to do something that you know with that vein in mind. Who, who you think you're talking to, man? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I start with the Doors and I roll up into Metallica, go into Exodus and you know a couple of other you know heavy hardcore uh, groups beyond that. So, <laughs> but in any case, I got one one for this evening. It's kind of, again, it's we're working off of that same, or I should say more the more of the same in terms of not. Uh, what I usually, not my usual approach. That's cool. I, you know, I like it. Kind of a, it kind of goes into I think what I, uh, some people would uh, look at as being archetypes. I, I, you know, to me it's just a, it's just another work in you know terms of you know how it presents itself. <clears throat> in any case, it's uh, called mongrels. Mongrels on the step of night. Oh. That serve the eternal rains, bones that wash up like driftwood, midongaka, kompasi, bethoma. We have found at our house, upon the tops of seven trees. There it is. We use the lodestone, migake montinas. Life has faded as the flower. The reaper comes. Mongrels howl in the ravenous moonlight, dripping in silver off the ruffs of their necks. Calm collapse of the sacred, a fresh feast for the dogs. Bones drip with anticipation. Who next shall be the dug-up wonder of the world? Monchash was vermilion. Clay faces renewed with drought and surface water. The drift of insoluble chemicals makes for a volatile cocktail. Tolerance and acquired taste 
are meaningless turns of phrase. Footpads dust the rhythms of thunder. The blackbirds, the soft wind pushes raindrops. Water smoke, the fog and failures of teardrops, the failure of teardrops to slow the madness. Strays and mongrels all awake in the half-light, that quiet step before dark, shabby darkness. The reality of what it is to commune with the life that continues after the robes of flesh have fallen away like smoke upon the horizon. Schwarze, da Schwarze, just a whiff, and it is gone. Servile only to what is always in the offering. The Mongols travel at speed. It takes no art for ancestral journey, just spirit. Yes, ancestral spirit, the links that keep us rooted to more than just elementals. Death, clean skies or gray latitudes of coherency will see us there. Walking the bowls of stone, dinachas, high water. Elevations, unlimited future designs, shadow cast among the high hills. Uh, Seize it. Death of names. Mongrels require none. They're just life. Life independent of reason. Decades run through their eyes. Inshtah. They have wandered where light and shadow cannot follow. Gedak. Beads, breath, warmth runs deep. Basi. Hailstones require none. The scars they leave behind have their own heat. Death dials into focus. Eternal rains. Except where they have erupted the wind rough and ready the mongrels stalk the night steel becomes the increase of merciless jawline let the night songs begin painted lines streaks of color medicine dropped upon the water ah God's let us shake the snake tail medicine. Yarrow, have a care. Sometimes it can bite. Pass it unto the sacred stranger. Soon there shall be a feast of good food. Let us pray with you. Pray with soft weights so as to escape the mongrel stare lest he call his brothers for a share of our moans. Let us spill the bones at their feet so that all can be plainly seen with second sight. Divine rhythms 
never conceived upon this good earth. The eternal rains wane once again, seething to stillness upon the horizon line. The mongrel's howl becomes a hum, and as we dream, we see the morph. The drying heat reminds us of the summer hum, and we become dragonflies. Our minds fall into the soothing pool and eddies along the river banks. The rage recedes, snarls, fall into gnarled sleep, deep rumbles, juttering air, distant thunder. The mongrels wait in readiness. They know the eternal rain shall come again. We are the ghost road born, and we shall make our way home. Thunder rumbles, sounding like mongrels. Mongrels waiting for the time and the night. That was pretty intense, Soldier Blue. <laughs> yeah, there's some when yeah. you write them that I can tell they are a fury of thought that spill. And there's other ones like this. I can tell you there's places in here where you were quite methodical about the way you wrote things. Your imagery in this was absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, I again, I, I give credit to, uh, to the, you know, to the, liter- the incendiary liter- literature that I've been collecting recently. <laughs> I love that you say that. Oh, my God, it makes my toes curl. It's like most, it's like... <laughs> It's like this God, this heavenly orgasmic hum of celestial perfection when those words come out of your mouth. <laughs> hey, <laughs> me, I'm more looking at it like I'm looking up at somebody and just giving them both both of my middle fingers and just saying, "Kiss my ass." <laughs> well, I love it because you know you just you just reiterate. To what I say is that, you know, if you're not reading more than you're writing. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, let's put it this way. I, I am very thankful because, I mean, it doesn't always happen. But I am very thankful that, that, that the fact that I am, well, I should say, the, in spite of myself, I, I would have to say, you know, that the three books I'm reading, you know, at the moment they... they wait a, a minute, of, wait a minute. Did you say three? Let me catch my yeah, breath for I'm a moment. Reading. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to be all right. All right, go ahead. What were you saying? Three, huh? What? Yep, three. I'm reading like three books. And um, it, there, there, there is enough in the bodies of all three of them that at any given point when I've read, you know, what I would have to call uh, uh, informational bits from all of them, that they that they come together in a in a dovetail, and I love it when that happens because it allows me to 
broaden the scope out on, on a lot of things. And uh, it just is a, I'd like to say I'm grateful for that. I, I don't I don't try to take anything like that for granted. Well, we're grateful for it, too. Because look what it brings us. We get to reap the rewards, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so be inspired on, my love. Oh, All yeah. right, sweetheart. Well, tell everyone how they can come show you some love. Sure. Are you going to uh, read? That was yeah. that was your first one, right? Were you going to read two? Yeah. No, I really hadn't gotten any, hadn't anything else ready. Okay. Um, to be honest. Um. Um, but yeah, I got you know I'll be working up on some more stuff. I got you know some some other things half. If half you've got something handy, so. you can read too. Well, I suppose. Let me see if I can find something that sounds like it's worth it. They're <laughs> um. all worth it. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I say that I know that we all write some crap once in a while, you guys. But you know, I would be happy even hearing your crap. <laughs> Just so you know, I love you that much. I love you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, pull out my. I got a pen that I because my freaking hands are so damn dry, man. I can't hardly turn the damn pages sometimes. Um. Yeah. Okay. This is a, this is okay. This is uh, this will work. This one's uh, called Cemetery Noise. Cemetery noise, the bones of others. Wahi. Skins shed beneath the silver husk of the moon. Prepare yourselves for planting. Bosa. Lines, rows, planted sticks for vines, beans, stalks of corn. Kaba. Sacred food. Famine in times of plenty. Oh, epidemic, plenty of sickness to go around. We have seen this all before in the slaughter of our relations so that you could feed yourselves. Cemetery noises, Masida, the fields are ripe. We are without shelter. Winter has dropped her mask, shown her ribs, asked us to take her hand bone by bone. Didn't matter what famine said, the season was upon us. The sun dogs were loose with a savage hunger. We could not hunt. There was no meat. We could not leave the reservation without someone stabbing a finger at us and saying, Hostile! Shoot him! They gave us short rations, maggots fed on our flour, disease fed on our government issue beeves, cattle, stock for trade. Do we look like you? So we gave you back what it is we had. Oh, cemetery noises. Sentinels raised upon shadow knolls, stardust profiles, the fires of forgotten ages. We are bent to the task 
of survival, endurance. The words are only what skin is worth, Kinka. Dropped ice in rivers shows where we have been. Painted leathers keep us from freezing in the wind. Sheer south by southeast, Kinkaska. We do not come for you. Kind of life that it is an ignorance, and you have brought others with you, convincing them to follow you into what? Nice, chemical annihilation. Oh, cemetery noises are getting louder, calling after you. The criers pitch their tunes differently now, safeguarding the bone breaths of children, boarding school tragedies and casual teas, silenced sisters that hover by the roadside, the pylons of lakes, Oh, the misery, the mystery, boat horse sex trafficking on the great lakes, the calculated risk, human trafficking, slaves, all rooted to bond, MMIW, missing, murdered, indigenous women, tragedies, Casualties, they're this enlightened society built by settler citizens upon our graves. Yeah, you can hear them now, yeah. Those overbold cemetery noises, the destruction of an entire indigenous populated continent. Yeah, we enter upon your genocidal seasonal. Holidays, time to be happy. Wolves howl in discontent. Bears take more than observational interest at you making desolation of their habitat. But it's a house, you say. It's my house, you say. Did not the original beings... Not have their own dens and warrens there first. Are you so blind, so degenerately ignorant, so civilized that the only homes you recognize are your own? Cemetery noises solidify fangs, canines, and talons to stretch your intestinal dreams so that you might seek other climes instead of assuredly it might be merely a vain effort. But you have to sleep sometime. Archaic Delivery, master of impediments, used to be the misinformation that should smother any guiding light. Dog, there beyond the sunrise is the light. Let us run to embrace it. Shadow images, the deathlands, 
Let us not walk west again for a while. We have been there many times. The ghosting south is within sight. Let us see which of our relatives have made the return journey. Agati. Death scaffolds, the limbs upon which we wrap our dead. Dragotrunga, our sacred ground, you taught us to hide what we used to celebrate. There is the scream of a midnight murder, a pulling train, the freight of days, stones, and briars. All of our deaths, like the snags of a river, stuck in the mud. There was the cry of a crow, the sign of a sacred stranger. What should we do? Search for the patches of a blue sky. No entitlement, no particulate emblematic of disease coughing death and fever we bring it with us meritorious the blood clamor of cemetery noise we have all died here at least once before it need not be again we have burnt the ceremonial stalks of corn we have left cured meat of dreams on high next to the Dinachas cliff, stone cups of water left for us by the spirit ones. They have brought their own cemetery noise to these killing fields. Boda, there will be peace. Bathe, winter is before us. Cemetery noises behind us. What shall make the balance? Life. It shall be life and all that we can bring to it. We are the ghost road born, and we are always walking our way home. And peace. Absolutely have my breath taken away. There's absolutely no way someone can listen to your work and not be emotionally impacted by it. Wow. Uh, thank you for that. I know that this, uh, that from from where I stand, I know that the, these stories come through me. They're, they're not my stories. They are the stories of my people. So I give thanks for them for working through me. Well, they do a damn good job. That's all I got to say. (laughs) 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 I just enjoy the... A lot of times, I'll be honest, I I just enjoy the ride. (laughs) I like times like that. Woohoo! Oh, here we are. So, All right, sweetheart. Go. Tell everyone how they can find you, hon. All right. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook. It's uh, Rafe Wild, and it's uh, been done underneath it in parentheses. It says Soldier Blue. 
and that'll find me there. And uh, I've got the uh, Red Earth One podcast. And I would simply say, because I don't know, you know, if the, not, well, I should, I should say, I know that some people, you know, when they go on to something like that, and they'll, they'll take the last work and they'll listen to that and then they figure, oh, well, everything else must be like that. Well, I'm going to tell you now, if the only piece you've listened to is the last one on there, you have no idea what the rest of them sound like. <laughs> because because I promise you, and there isn't one of them that is exactly the same. They all have their own content. A lot of them have me doing some kind of a rhythmic percussion of one sort or another, uh, as well as, you know, playing the saxophone, you know, behind a couple of them. Uh, at least five right now at the moment that I can think of. So, yeah, give it a listen, go through them all, or just go through at least four or five of them anyway and just see what you think. But it's out there. It's free. Like uh, I said, it's com, and that's the podcast. Absolutely perfect. Thank you, Soldier Blue, my amazing yeah. friend. Appreciate you so much. Uh, yeah. And I you appreciate will be here you next too, week. Of course. With all my incendiary literature. <laughs> <laughs> With all my incendiary literature. <laughs> that works for me. You know what it means to me, so yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. Our next caller comes from area code 219. You are on the air. Hey, now how you doing? This is Brother O on the line. How you doing? Hi, Brother O. How you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing very good. So are you going to read one or two for us tonight? Two, right? No, uh, just one. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Fine. This is um, entitled Five Things That Won't Ever Change About Brother O. Over the last 10 years or so, I've undergone numerous transformations in order to evolve into the great brother that everybody knows as Brother of the Living Miracle Professor of Poetry. It is a true fact that I don't view life the same in my 40s than I did in my 20s. I am truly and eternally grateful for transforming from complete fool with no motivation into the wise man who offers timely gems of wisdom for thousands. As much as I've changed since my teenage years, there are five things I won't ever change about me. I'm a true believer being the same person on and off the poetry stage. All the success that I've accomplished has not changed me one bit because I believe in practicing humility and remaining true to myself. And I'm an unapologetic black man who is proud of my rich heritage and culture. The first thing that won't ever change about me is from a brother who was raised in old school mores and values. 
I do not believe in conforming to the norms of this today's society because of my upbringing. I was born in the 1970s, raised in the 1980s, and I came of age in the 1990s. The second thing that won't ever change about me is my down-to-earth nature, along with my caring and compassionate side and uh, genuine love and appreciation for people. I always show love to everybody regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, age, or sexual orientation. The third thing that won't ever change about me is my love for football, poetry, old school music, classic TV shows, and movies, and black history. Football is the only sport that I will binge watch from September to January. Poetry is my outlet that gives me the freedom to express myself creatively. It is my primary source of entertainment and social networking. I'm always learning new facts and discovering more historical figures and current movies and shakers made Black History Daily. And I'm a diehard fan of movies, music, and TV shows from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. The fourth thing that will ever change about me is I'm a true believer in showing loyalty toward my real friends and, and family. Anybody who knows me will tell you that you won't ever have to question my loyalty. And the fifth and final thing that won't ever change about me is I'm always going to speak the truth whether you love me or you despise me. I'm always going to be transparent or fun and honest whether you like it or not. I'm always going to stand on my personal beliefs and convictions whether or not you choose to remain my friend. And I'm always going to express my viewpoints and opinions without apologies whether you agree with me or disagree with me in poem. Hmm. Whether you agree or disagree with me, you are a man of your convictions, sir. Thank you. You are very, very, very welcome. Absolutely. And you're only going to read the one, right? Yes. That's Fine. All right, sweetheart. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Those of you you who who want to know me better, I can be found on Facebook on the Omar Brother Gavin. I'm always uh, writing new material. I'm always promoting other artists and. I truly believe in in, uh, helping others as much as I can and uh, just helping them understand that you cannot achieve great things by yourself. And you always have to have somebody who sees what you don't see in yourself. They see something in you that you don't see. And I'm one of those type of people that will push you and give you good, good advice, and uh, just check me out, check me out, and uh, just, just not appreciate your support every week. Well, we appreciate you very much, and we will, we will talk to you next week? Yes. Okay, try to have two ready, dude. 
Okay. Seriously. Okay. Not that I'm complaining, but, you know. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next weekend. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So we are having some issues with the lines. So if you guys are trying to call in and getting a fast, busy signal, hang up and keep trying back. All right. If you are on hold and can't hear me, which that doesn't make much sense, and if I'm telling you but can't hear me, um, then you're going to need to hang up and call again because I just lost everything and, and um, yeah, that's kind of fun. Anyway, I am going to play an audio track. It's kind of nice sometimes when, um, you know, this. it's not nice when the lines go down, but it's nice when we get a chance to play some of the recordings in our library and I can share them with you guys. So that part of it is cool. So as I said, if you're trying to call in, keep pushing the buttons, keep trying to dial in, it'll let you in eventually. I, I know that they're working on this. So the piece that I'm going to play for you is by Carlos, written in pain. And this is called Table for Two. Here we go. Love's losers often choose to abuse themselves. So our gourds on every fish of the sea, flavored with the spices of life's variety. So there was nothing left to ingest. How soon a man can die from a diet of flesh consumed. Lust is a drug rush. It hurt me to cold turkey, but now I was free to see she that found me worthy. If she would give me a shot, I swear I'd hang up that jersey. I mean, have you ever seen a woman before that made you feel as if you've never ever seen a woman before? I want to settle down. Won't you settle down with me? Settle down. We can settle at a table. A table for two. Won't you wine and dine with me? Settle down. If love is a house, she'd be that permanent fixture. Love and light, she'd be that mixture. That elixir. I just want to be the frame, the frame, her perfect picture. She'd be that deity to my destiny. Her face, that place of grace. Her mind elevated. Her queendom celebrated. It was in her image God was created. Lost in her soul's windows. Her skin glows. My heart, her tight string. Wherever the wind blows, my soul grows. She'd be the next breath I needed. She'd be what I want, wrapped in everything I've ever needed. This is what a love life looks like. Never seen it. I wanna settle down. I wanna settle down. Won't you settle down with me? Settle down. We can settle at a table. A table for two. Won't you wine and dine with me? Settle down. I wanna raise a child. I wanna raise a child. Won't you raise a
and souls, the best parts of me. Water's my daughter's, quenching with unmentioned intention. She's out of this world, surpassing and outlasting this dimension. She be life's extension, this is a settlement. She be the stairway to heaven, I just want to bask in it. Forever and a day will last in it. She be unquestionable love, no need in asking it. She be magic, whatever's wife material, she be that fabric. My cup runneth over, my table anointed, my heart broken until she joined it. Love is love. Follow the flow. I wanna settle. That was Carlos Lavazari written in pain with his piece called Table for Two. I'm going to play a couple more tracks for you real quick because I am actually in the middle of talking to tech support. (laughs) Okay. And then if, depending on if we can get the lines back up or not, it's first show of November. And every year on the first show, or every month on the first show of the the month, I'm supposed to read something. So if the lines stay down, then I I will do that. But right now we're going to play a couple tracks so I can figure out what we've got going on here. All right. This is Eddie Oliver with Angel. Right then and there, 
instantly At that moment, at that time, at that place That right there, right there was where I wanted to be See, I wanted to be forever lost Lost in my angelic God. I found myself hypnotized by those majestic Maple brown eyes, y'all, before I was realizing I was starting to cry I felt like I wasn't justified to be looking at something that was so, so, so beautiful. Just kept asking myself, who am I? Let's leave today. 
Oliver with Angel, and we are having some technical difficulties with the show, so if you're trying to call in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. It'll let you bump in eventually. All right, I'm going to, I've got a couple of people able to get through, but I can't tell if they've pressed one or not. I've got 407, Raymond, I see you, and then... um, Doug, I see you on the line, too, but neither one of you have pressed one on my board. So if you guys want to come on the air and read, then please press one, and that will alert me that you want to come on. That's 585. There we go. And then 407. Um, Raymond, if you want to come on, go ahead and press one, or just I'm really glad you're here. Love you, babe. Let's go ahead and grab 585. 585, are you with me? Yes, I'm here, but I wasn't quite ready. Can you hear me? <laughs> Do you want me to play another track first? Uh, Yeah, if you can, please. I would be happy to. When we'll be All right, right back to you. <laughs> People aren't used to us having technical difficulties and getting on fast like that. Like, what? What? Wait, no. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to play this piece by Apollo, and it's called Rusty Absolutely Love Him. I'm hoping he'll be by for the um, the the anniversary show. <laughs> Spit it out, girl. The anniversary show. Um, he was one of our first guests on the one of the guest interviews that I did on the Speakeasy when we first started out 15 years ago and have uh, developed a really good friendship out of that. It was really funny, too, because I was looking for guests on the show, so I was just running through things, uh, through files on or listening to things on YouTube and stuff, and I'd, and or like on uh, Reverb Nation stuff, like that, and I'd just, hey, this is a really great piece. You want to come be a, a guest on my show, you know, brand new show, not even any episodes under the belt. Getting my guests lined up for the first three months and uh, <laughs> I didn't know who Apollo was when I asked him to be on but when I found out later it was like wow if I'd have known who you were I probably wouldn't have had the guts to ask you so he's pretty amazing um, I've just done some phenomenal phenomenal things so this is you guys don't know him, check out Apollo Poetry this is his legal name Apollo Poetry and this is a piece of his from about 10 years ago, maybe, and maybe a little bit more than that, and it's called Rusty. Here we go. After they saw him approach a female, they nicknamed him Rusty. See, in high school, he was nothing more than a walking pinata. He would graduate with honors, but he never fought for his own honor. Some would blame it on the absence of his father. Others would say it was his mother's legs, because just like Rusty's mind, they were always open. You would think that someone like that would have no love left. There was no love felt just yet. But then the day came as if it was prophesied. I could have sworn that his eyes were a cigarette butt, the way that they lit 
up. Her real name was Fran, but he nicknamed her Fry, because just like the food, she was fast and he knew it wasn't good for him. But good old Rusty fell in love with Fry, but how could he stop the music while she's dancing with another guy? So they became just friends. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. His love for Fry ends. Friends. But if only he knew. That if only she knew. That for all those 365 day sessions of broken promises, he really loved her. Rusty spent years as a prisoner of half-painted walls. Writing poetry, hoping that it will guide him to that moment that he's been waiting for. But that moment... Turned into a day, turned into a year, turned into a lifetime. I'm comparing my life to his. So I asked him, whatever happened to the woman that you loved? He just looked at me and said, drugs. Then he handed me a poem. A poem that was so deep that my eyes went into war, but my tears won. He said, tears. It's funny that the further they travel, the less that they become. See, she never knew that I loved her. But I knew that she loved me, and I asked him how. He said that that poem wasn't written by him. It was written by her. Handed to him at her funeral. Then he looked at me and said, So if you love someone, you tell them now. Because the end of your life can be now. So why are you still around? Go and change the world, because I never could. I just stood in front of the hourglass, watching the sand pour, covering my history, because I miss her so much. With a tear rolling down his eye, he said, Just one touch. If only I had loved her, I could have saved her life. I could have saved her life. Then I grabbed his hand and he started trembling in fear, getting flashbacks of when he was my age and he had his whole life ahead of him. But what was ahead of him is now behind him. What he ran away from is now inside him. And together they're slowly dying. He said that his life was just a waste of life because he never saved a life. He wished he could have made it right. I told him what happened to her wasn't your fault. Being afraid is not a crime. And don't ever say you never saved a life because after today, you just saved mine. After that conversation, seven days passed, and then so did he, and they were back together at last. So now when I love, I love with no fear. Now when I cry, I enjoy every tear, because if you don't, then why are you even here? Go and change the world, because I never could. Go and change the world, because I that was Apollo with Rusty. So let's go ahead and go back and grab Mr. Curry and see... 
if he is ready. Come on board. I'm singing to it and talking nice to it so it will behave. There we go. I think that's it. Okay. Are you with me, Doug? Yes, I am. I'm glad to be Are you ready? Sorry that you're having uh, whatever difficulties you're having. Uh, they like to do this. They just like to screw with me once in a while. They want to see how toes. good. Want to see how many how many hands you can have flying in different directions while talking into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I've never been it's too a, graceful at that, but. Yeah, well, it's un it's the unfortunate part of radio that, and fortunate that everybody can't see what you're doing. While you're trying to make it sound like you're doing nothing, but just oh, I'm just going along having my show, and meanwhile, you know, <laughs> the board's not working, and this CD didn't do up the way it was supposed to, and you're trying to do that without anyone seeing. So, uh, but, I think I would, I think that I would rather have you guys see me doing that than what I'm normally doing when everything's okay. going well, and I just get a kickback, you know, painting my toenails and listening to poetry and. <laughs> The uh, the so the misfortune that you're having there, or with the difficulty that you're having, uh, it's a little bit fortuitous for me right now because I have more than normal. These are old things, but uh, a little bit longer because I discovered that two pieces that I had written in previous times, separate previous times, really are related pieces that should be always taken together. And so I just want to do them together. It takes a little more time than I normally would here on the show. That's absolutely fine. Okay. So I would just start it off by saying that underlying this, this is about it's a, a vantage point on racism. And I'll tell you what that means because race and racism, one of the topics I really don't like to have a whole lot of discussion about because it, I don't know that it ever changes every, everything very much. And uh, I don't know. It just seems more for us to disagree about because there is, a, there is not really the real possibility for a person who doesn't experience what I experience to really agree and understand what I'm saying because it's impossible that they could know. So um, I kind of stay away from it. But why the reason this relates to that is because there's human reactions, human feelings that we would all have observing a fellow person having difficulty. And unfortunately, when you have been the victim of a, a particular difficulty, it's really hard for you to show brotherhood and compassion to someone who is now having that problem when no one showed you that when the problem was even worse than you were having. Specifically, I'm talking about our opioid crisis. And whenever I mention this, people think I'm reflecting back on the crack epidemic. Yeah, they didn't do all this for the crack. Now, I'm not talking about the crack epidemic. I'm talking about back in the 1960s, the heroin epidemic that completely decimated every black community in the country made the streets unsafe to walk, a whole culture of of zombie-like people who were living in a whole different universe 
but affecting yours at the same time. And I wrote a poem called What That Was, and here it is. Turning a trick for a fix, peddling pussy for a joke, innocence gone, the dark path made, as ominous as a subway's third rail, danger to you. Stole mama's pain script and her money to buy more. Sold those pills for nickels and dimes right in her courtyard. Pulling four dollars in two bags from the pockets of a gurgling, twitching, dying junkie who caught a dose too strong. Runaway wandering, where'd he cop? A scar over your left eye, carrying a bullet in your lamp. Two front teeth knocked out long ago by a gorilla pimp. Squatting in alleys to pee or kneeling to turn a trick, smelling your own foul odor, stinking junkie bitch. Dead faces follow you around. The ODs, the girls turned out, knowing the boys you knew, locked away. The friends, the family, you fucked over. You missed the beauty of blackness, but were right on time for the Rockefeller laws, the war on drugs, the Clintons. You are a miraculous survivor. Your forecast calls for no more. Gray clouds have gone away, except in your adult mind. The newsman reports sadly of a record opioid epidemic that makes you wonder what that was in the Bronx in 1967. And peace. You know, if you don't think that drugs getting introduced so heavy and strong in specifically targeted, if people don't believe that that drugs were introduced at specifically targeted neighborhoods, they would be so unfortunately wrong. Yeah. It's like, you know, our government, our people, we would never do something like that. We would not intentionally target a race or a people or a neighborhood or, you know, oh, really? Really, we would never do that. Here, have a smallpox blanket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet you could, and yet the people who wouldn't believe it could never imagine some of the things they see in the ghetto ever happening someplace else. You could never even imagine, could never even envision Mm-mm. some of the same things happening in other places because it's just another reality. And the reality, the dichotomy is along the lines of race, quite plainly. So when we hear about, you know, when we hear about, you know, the, the drug companies being dragged into court and, you know, but I don't hear about anybody going to jail. And I don't hear about war being declared upon anything or anybody. And I hear about an argument over how many billions of dollars they're going to levy to rectify this. And the word reparation for the first time really enters my mind. Because surely if this is worth billions of dollars, then what happened there was worth trillions of dollars and still wouldn't fix the problem. It has become an historic problem for a race of people. It was like revisiting slavery 
you know, for for as for as little progress has as had been made by the 1950s, 60s out of slavery, it had obviously there was progress, but not enough mm-hmm. for people who needed to have more. And then to have this come along again was as as an ironclad a a, a, a problem for you as as had been slavery. It fixed it fixed your aspirations. It fixed how far you could go in life. It fixed what was likely to happen to you. You know, um, it fixed what your neighborhood was going to look like. You you saw people do certain things, and it clicked immediately. Okay, this person's not your friend anymore because this person just tipped their hand. They are gone. They, you know, it's like like a zombie. This person has now died. You, they're walking around, but you know. This person strung out, and, and no matter how much that used to be your boy, how much that used to be your girl, you know you can't bring this person in your house again because they will steal from you. They will yeah. set you up, and you could have only discovered this today, and you were friends yesterday, but you know it beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yep. And that's what that did. So that poem was a product of my imagination but it was fed by this which is a true story and I'll give it to you now we were 10th graders when we met both shy we found comfort and friendship in words they were our playthings and our playmates we could always read and write magnificent ideas, daring feats, and saucy, swaggering sexiness, the very stuff we were short of, except in our friends, our words. These words, hers and mine, fed upon each other and grew, and grew more adventurous, eventually drawing us together, her words and mine. We were friends, schoolmates in 1966. Mickey told me with all seriousness that she was going to be a journalist. With some embarrassment, I pretended to know exactly what that was until I had a chance to go and look it up. Then I encouraged my friend in her dream. For my part, I can only say that I was enthralled with every utterance of the wordsmiths of the day. Malcolm, Martin, Muhammad Ali. Even the unlettered exuberance of Willie Mays and Yogi Berra held me in its way. Square as a pool table and just as green, my friend Michelle and me. Mickey was a light-skinned young woman of medium height and quiet demeanor. She was not overly pretty, but that was, but was still very attractive in the way her near-high yellow skin tones contrasted with her straight jet black hair. In 1967, that kind of thing was still very in. Life happens. Life happened to Mickey and to me. Mickey got mad when I missed English class, and the next time she saw me, I was glassy-eyed and high. Reaper madness. She was disappointed when I suggested we cut school one day and go hang at a friend's house whose parents were at work. Mickey was not that kind of girl. But now it was 1968. In the nation, the struggle for civil rights was giving way to the demand for black power. War raged in Indochina and directly threatened life and limb of all those whose legal draft age approached. 
The kind of person you were was changing every day before your very eyes. With the explosion of information from all sides, most of it incendiary, every day you morphed in ways that surprised even yourself. And while I was busy marveling at my own changes, I didn't even notice those that were going on with my friends. I never paid much attention to the ghetto-rich, baby-faced drug dealers and hustlers who were suddenly everywhere. Stepped out in alpaca sweaters, silk pants, leathers, and pers- with Persian lamb collars and alligator shoes. They swarmed over and preyed upon my friend Mickey and all the unsuspecting, shy, but vain girls like her. I never noticed that Nikki beginning her descent. Before I knew anything, she would spiral down, down, down. Mickey went from snort and skag to skin popping to mainline. Harold was her first pimp. After a time, she walked around glassy-eyed, too cool, purring a Billy Holiday's moaning slur when she talked. She gave me a Janis Joplin album and proclaimed her a genius. There went one of my very best friends ever. One day, I walked into the wrong classroom in school, and as I chanced to look over in the corner of the room, I noticed my friend Mixie. She was deep in the junkie's nod, her head never quite touching the desk when she nodded down, but never quite reaching an upright position when it recoiled upward again. My friend Mickey was a stone junkie. It was now 1969. I went away, off to college, where if Mickey could only have landed, no doubt she would have become that journalist in her dreams. Times were changing for women, but things had already changed too much for Mickey. The last time I saw my friend Mickey was in the summer of 1970. I was within hours of leaving New York City to avoid some street trouble that sometimes comes some people's way. The last time I touched her hand, kissed her sunken cheek, looked into that now vacant abyss where her sparkling eyes once were, was on the corner of Southern Boulevard and Ellesmere Place in the Bronx in June of 1970. I held her hand. I kissed her. I turned and, without ever looking back, walked away into the 70s. I didn't know I would never see her again. While at college, I got a few cards, even some letters with loose $10 bills wrapped in Mickey's love and her admonition to never let what had happened to her ever happen to me. And then, the war, Jimi Hendrix, Huey P. Newton, Nixon, Kent State, and the youthful, illicit pleasures of the 1970s all conspired to nudge Mickey into the far reaches of my consciousness. For me, then, she became but another Bronx tale. Even though the last time I saw Mickey, she was fully a woman, I will always remember her as a troubled child of a turbulent time and place. I often wonder what became of her. It's my suspicion that she died long ago, a slow, pain-filled death, unavoidable to so many, and narrowly escaped by far too few ghetto children. I think of how close we were, similar in so many important ways, and I realize that providence and good fortune surely have smiled upon me. The kind endurance of my years 
is not without the bittersweet moments when I pause and contemplate Mickey's memory. I know now that we were only children when we met, feeling what was both a child's platonic empathy for each other and an adult romantic love for us forever unrealized. We had walked away from our childhood into the uncertain realities of being grown. The winds of change were swirling with menace, but we had faced this, encouraged by each other's words of hope. We were friends. That made me cry. I think that I think that that is one of your greatest talents in writing is your narrative poetry. You know, so clearly, absolutely clearly defining and writing about a time so tangibly that I'm standing there beside you the whole way that the reader is trans- transferred back in time like you are the ghost of Christmas past, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard for me to even read that, even to mm-hmm. myself, without being transported right back to, you know, that very sunny summer day that I, that I saw Mickey on the corner and, you know, she and I, you know, we ran into each other, which is telling, because I was out there hanging out, and, you know, there was Mickey hanging out on the corner, so, you know, she was still into her thing. I'm about to get out of town because I had a beef with somebody, and somebody got hurt, and I'm getting ready to leave town. So, I mean, this is what it was for, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds in the, in the South Bronx, 1970, and uh, one of us got caught, the other one didn't. Wow. I think that you should I think that you should really sit down. I think you should have placed in one of your journals where as you're going throughout your day, as you're going throughout whatever you're doing, whenever you're doing it, and you think of some memory from your childhood or something is triggered, I think that you should write down the note of it so that you can go back and revisit it. And I I mean I think that your voice can bring a great understanding to a generation and face of people that need the story told the way you can tell it. If well, that thank makes you. Sense. Thank you. Um, it, 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 I would just say that it's ironic. I mean, when I wrote that, it was just a memory that bubbled up within me and I needed to write it down Um, but it's ironic how that ties into you know people are going through that again but the people who are going through it now are not the people who went through it then and look how differently it's being treated and so when I wrote the poem what that was I had to make sure to create images of, of a woman on her knees turning a trick and calling a, a stinking junkie bitch, because that's the way those people got treated. There was none yeah. of this about, you know, oh, we should, we should, everybody should carry a pen to help somebody who's having an OD. 
and OD was none of the police or anybody else's business. They didn't care. Now, now it, it's become a standard thing that everyone should be aware of. You know, if someone's having an OD, there's things you can do about it. Oh, really? Well, guess what? We knew that too. You know, we knew some methodology for that too, but it certainly was was not because any of the powers that be cared enough about it to make a public health issue of it. It wasn't a public health issue of it. They made it a criminal issue. Yeah. And as someone said, you know, ain't no no planes flying out of the ghetto bringing heroin in there. And how, you know, how how did that heroin get there? Well, I promise you it wasn't somebody on the block making it and passing it out. Yeah. It came in a nice car. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic reads, both of those, Doug. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am uh, anxious to hear what others have to say tonight. Tell everyone how to find you, baby. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm Doug Curry, but I am Douglas Curry on uh, Facebook. And I am Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D-99 on uh, on allpoetry.com, which, again, I would suggest anyone who likes to write poetry and have a good place to read, write, critique, and be critiqued, that's a place you might want to visit. You should visit and send me a note over there, and we can talk about each other's poetry with some of the people we encounter here on your show, Lila. And Lila, we do, we do encounter each other in other places like that. So it's always good. Mm-hmm. Poetry community is, is is well integrated at times. I love that too. Yeah. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Yes, uh, thank you for being. Thank you for what you do. <laughs> thank you, babe. We'll talk to you then. Right. Bye bye. All right, let's get Miss Noreen on the air. She will be coming and we'll be bringing on 863 after our next caller. Just kind of give her a heads up. Let's go ahead and bring on 575, and then we are going to get you, Noreen. 575, you're on the air. Hello, Nova. How are you? Hi, Jade. How are you, sweetheart? I am very well. Um, This is really kind of off the cuff. Are you there? Have I lost you? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, I got Have you. I lost you? Okay. Nope, I got you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, suffice to say, it's been that kind of a day and what have you. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to kind of sort of freestyle something, and with your permission, if I may. Oh, please, yes. Hey, you belittle my character. You besmirch my work ethic. I'm insulted. I'm the injured party. Forgive and forget. That's the way. Life's too short to hold a grudge. I say, life's too short. Don't budge. Why must my weary shoulders take up the mantle of forgiveness? You never asked? Good. I'll never give. Take this to heart, everyone. 
who's been hurt and pushed and shoved, you don't have to take it. Life's too short to take it. Don't take that shit. There you have it. Uh, suffice to say, I've had a really crappy day. <laughs> don't take that shit. <laughs> so I'm glad you have a mature audience there. You can come here and rant whenever you want. Permission Thank to you speak very freely. Much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you kindly. That that was virtually a panacea. Venting that. Uh, for those of you, um, I'm Jade Mist, and my venue is right here at Speakeasy Cafe. They have uh, the uh, full option on me. We have the exclusive, guys. You can only see her here. That's it. <laughs> come one, come all. So glad you are part of our family, Jade. You'll be here next week? I will do my utmost. I think I shall. I had something prepared, but this just... This just came welling up out of me like like a volcano. So I want you to tap into that feral, seething feeling you have inside of you. And I want you to write about that side of you with a feminine voice, what it's like as a female and to feel that seething inside you. That's your homework. Taken. I'll... Um I took, uh, you've thrown down the gauntlet, and I'll pick it up. So um, <laughs> until, um, until next we meet, um, on to your next caller. Thank you, Jade. Thank you. All right, our next caller is Miss Noreen863. You are on the air, love. Um, hello, Nyla. See how nice that works when I remember to remind you? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> How you doing, hon? Okay, I'm doing good. So what do you okay. have for us tonight? Okay, um, for for Gary, I have um, deception of law and order. Okay, two weak minds make a good mind. Two good minds make a great mind. Two great minds make a genius. Genius can make you baker acted by two weak minds. The end. Wow. That was fun to follow along. Yes. Okay. And yours? Okay. I'm not sure how good that is yet. It's called a ready for death. Okay. Um I okay. I didn't listen when she told me to search for funeral homes. I prayed and prayed that he will get better. My man ain't going to die. He loved me too much. That is what I believed, truly believed in my heart and my soul. That's my man. He ain't going to die. Death can sneak upon us so fast, like an alligator snapping at us. Then it's too late. Are we ever ready to hear that your spouse is going to die? Are we ever prepared? Are we ever ready for death? The end. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Even no. when we think we are. No. All right, Miss Noreen, I love you so much. Have you been able to read any of your books yet? Yes. Yeah, yes. have you enjoyed them? Yes, I love them. <laughs> well, they're awesome. And a lot of the poems in there, they ain't in the other book either. Oh, so really? That's, that's awesome. That's yes. what I was hoping for that. 
Yes. I was hoping with that. I have yes. some more to send you. They aren't the brownings, but I do have some. I'm cleaning out some of my shelves, so I'm going to send you some more to have. So okay. you can read them, too. Just surprise okay. you with them now and again. Okay. Well, thank you. You're well, welcome. Well, that is awesome. <laughs> do me a Especially favor, honey, and tell everyone. What's that? Okay. Oh, oh, Stacey, when it came on my birthday, that was so awesome. <laughs> I tried wow. to time it. I cannot believe it worked out. I was just ecstatic. And then I was gone for two days, so I couldn't even check. And so when I came back and saw the message, it's like, yes. I don't know how that worked out, but, yeah. I was glad. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, and, and one one of um, the poetry prompt you had last week is called Life Trapped in a Pencil Sharpener. I've been working uh-huh. on that. Uh, the prompt is called Life Trapped in a Pencil Sharpener. I'm still working on that prompt you had last week. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Okay. I love it when you guys do my homework. I just get so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, honey. Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. Oh, okay. You can find um, Gary and I. You can find our books on um, um, Amazon.com. Okay. And you can find um, our official website at Gary and Noreen. Snyder.wix.com front slash um, poetry, and then you can find um, Gary on poetrypoem.com, facebook.com, reverbnation.com. Then you can find me on reverbnation.com, poetrypoem.com, and facebook.com. And we also Googleable and Googleable, <laughs> and then, oh, then you can also find us on under. Gary and Noreen on Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I.com. You can find our shop, our commissions, and our uh, membership tiers. Perfect. Okay. Okay, and then you can find us on Saturday nights at the um, Facebook Live at the Poetry Club. Then you can find us on here on Thursday nights. Yes, they can, and I'm yes. thankful for that. Okay, <laughs> me too. All right. All right, and we'll talk to you next week? Yes, I'll be here next week. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay, okay you're welcome. Okay, talk to you later. And we, and we love we'll you all. talk to you later. Oh, okay. We love you too. Okay. Okay, let's grab Christy from 503. You are next on the air. Nyla? Hello. Girl. It has it's been, been so a while. Long. Yeah. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> it's good to hear you. You sound great. Well, I'm trying to get over the bug du jour. So I, uh, but I was really hoping to be able to get into the queue, and I feel very, very fortunate. Um, anyway, can I... I just I I wanted to share this piece. I had written it differently um, back toward the first of the year when when my uncle Cecil passed, and now uh, you know we're kind of right between his birthday was October 16th, and you know here we are poised at the well next week will be Veterans Day. And 
I thought this might be a, a lovely time to share it. So, um, here we go. It's called Snow in My Soul, a tribute to Uncle Cecil. They tell me you were gone. But how can that even be possible? You have been here forever. As long as I've been alive. You are timeless, iconic. You are 100% Marine, a battle-hardened warrior, strong, my hero. You are a husband, dad, uncle, grandpa, great-grandpa, great-great-grandpa, friend, You are Alaska, my homeland, my beginning. And you swept the rugged landscape into your paintbrush and loved it across your canvas. You are the soul of deep conversations you and I had and salty tears shed and dried. You are hard work and holidays, summer's midnight sun and Christmas snow. You are ice cubes in a rock's glass with a generous pour, the tinkling sound blending with friendship and laughter. You are where I run when fear has me because fear shrinks back from a strong marine. You are my safe place, gently measuring wisdom out for me in doses I could manage. Phrases like, You seldom regret doing too much or it was the best you could do at the time. Still echo with your voice. Where is this invisible boundary, this chasm separating me from you? I cling to denial, running from the loss, but truth overtakes me. Truth lets in the piercing heartache and owns the bad dream there is no waking from. My reality is a broken shard. And sorrow, that big, dark-winged bird, is settling onto my shoulders. You wouldn't want me to keep sorrow here forever. But this, this is sorrow's season. The faint brush of the ebony feathers feels right because you don't love this deeply without consequence. You don't adore someone for your whole life without the loss, leaving a scar. In my soul, I am no longer gray-haired. I am a toddler, pressing chubby-fingered palms against the car window, searching for the right face, patting the glass and speaking your name over and over, even as today I press my palms against eternity, hoping to fill the vacuum with you. And sorrow, the big dark-winged bird is here, neither as a cruelty nor a comfort, but merely as a reminder, a reminder that I cannot follow you, not yet. I must mourn and then move forward and step with time. Each brush of the black, shadowy feathers against my face is to hasten my healing, and someday, maybe, Sorrow can fly away, maybe, but not today, not today. Today, 
I cloak myself in mourning's black feathers and listen for wisdom and ask Creator God to hold you so very gently and explain mysteries to you as you once explained to me how clouds hung in the sky. And I will pray for peace and rest for you and safety with Father God the same way I was safe with you. And someday I will heal, but not today. And the black feathers rustle softly. Perhaps I will begin to heal tomorrow, but not today. In loving memory of Cecil Hope Whitehurst. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you, baby. I have adored my Uncle Cecil since I was a toddler. And that's what I mean. You can you there there's the there's the tangible connection in your words that make that make every single one of us make your little girl hand reaching up to take that big calloused hand our hand yes. as well. Yes. You know, and we just we just superimpose our picture, the face of our you know our our face and our whoever that person is to us as face in that scenario and we're right there it makes thank it you. so personal that's thank you, honey. beautifully written thank you thank you so much i you know to me i mean he when he was making ends meet for his family up in alaska he took a part-time job in a gas station and and i thought every i thought every gas station was where Uncle Cecil worked when I was that little. And every time my dad would, you know, pull the car into my gas, I was like pounding my hands on the on the window going, Cecil, Cecil, Cecil. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, um, but thank you. Those are some very kind, generous words. Thank you, Nyla. Well, it, you know, it put me right back there reaching up for my grandpa's hand because oh. grandpa was that person for me. Yeah. You know, and so it was very easy to feel your pain and loneliness and the ache and the love and the longing. And the, it was very easy for us to just swallow those words and, and turn them into internal emotion. Well, that's high praise, and I am grateful. Well, we're grateful for you. Thank you, baby. I'm really glad you were able to call in. I really missed you. I've missed so this you is good well. for you. Reading is good for you. You need to do it more often. That's my, that's my homework for you. It's you. You need to do this more often. It's good Thank for you. I agree. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Well, do you want to tell everyone how to find you, honey? Yes, please. Yes, I am. Uh, I am everything so far as websites and so forth. It's all still in the works. So, um, but you can find me on Facebook under Christy Doherty, and uh, that's about it right now. So, but yes, please, uh, I would love to have you come find me. So, and thank you, Nyla. It is just it is just great to be here. So, thank you for for the time, and I look forward to being back. 
We look forward to it too, hon. Thank you. Thanks. Take care, girl. You too. Big hugs. Okay, big hugs. All right, let's, let's grab Mama. Get Mama on the air. Mama, are you with us? Yes. Awesome. Yes. You I can read in. one one long poem or two shorter poems. I came in just in time enough to hear Doug and and Noreen and this last lady. So that was um, Christy Doherty that was just on. Christy Doherty. Mhm. Well, I think went to a lot of funerals and. The last funeral I went to, I wore a funeral hat. And so I named this poem called Funeral Hat. And so I'll read the two short poems about the funeral. And the people who I went there with, the people I went to the funeral with were my two longtime friends from over, maybe over 50, 40, 50 years. Um, We've been friends over that, over that amount of time. But it was crazy because none of us know how to drive anymore. <laughs> we didn't know where we were. We didn't know where we were going. <laughs> we didn't know how we were going to get there. So basically, they come. Why am Why am I car. picturing a sitcom being developed? Netflix is going to pick a, you guys up any day. It was crazy. It, it was really crazy. And the name of the piece is called Together Again. And uh, it was a riot. And we didn't know the way, so God had to really navigate it for us and uh, show us the way. And I'm trying to find the, the piece here because I had it pulled up and uh, it's disappearing. Um, well, I'll do funeral hat first. Funeral hat. When you get old, it's funeral clothes. A different day. Rejoice and not complain. Whatever the heck. <laughs> what is this? It's not going to let me read. It's making noise and Facebook is clicking on stuff and everything. And, uh, I don't know. I'm sitting okay. here perfectly okay. still. <laughs> I know. I won't, I won't do those because uh, Facebook's acting up. I'll go to my book. I'll read those next week because it just really took me all the way off the page. And I don't feel like going through that. It's like I'll read an old one from my book. It has nothing to do with the funeral. It was so funny. I don't know what happened. It just left. I'll read this one called Goon. Now, nobody wants to hear this because it's so stupid. It's about that crazy president that we had. and So I'll just do it. It's called Goon. He wanted to be a jefe. Yet he was too messy. Knocked me over with a spoon. Killed the swamp things off too soon. And brought in creatures from the black lagoon. Succubus and dictators crooning tunes. Same note, same page. Stealing all the wealth and America is doomed. Goony loonies on the move. But hey, you let them in. You double dog dared them. Now the children are being injected. You turned a blind eye. Americans, you let him. Point blank. Goons wreck. Grabbing children by the neck. 
tied up in chairs, ankles bound, having a heyday, that heyday, with our babies. Knocked me over with a spoon, killed the swamp things off too soon, and brought in creatures from the black lagoon. Lost children in Texas heat, global warming, now the warning, torrential rains, God sees everything, devils on the bottom level. Look up and remember when heaven was beyond your comprehension and global warming and God was beyond your belief. Your goons' intentions are to cause grief. Yet karma, karma sticks to the script. So you'll, so you'll get what you gave. What you gave, you will get. And reap what you've sown. When God asks, you must answer. When God asks, you must answer. Why were the children taken? And now being tied up in chairs as tantrums and tempers flare, what do you goons expect? Knocked me over with a spoon, killed the swamp things off too soon, and brought in creatures from the black lagoon, and the cycle continues every day, all because America, you allowed them to do things their way, and their way was not God's way. That's Goons by Mama Ola Daisy. I love, I mean, it's like putting your foot down. Yep. And, and just, and just, you know, this, this is it, folks. This is the, you just, I don't know, I'm not saying it right. Towards the end of the show, I'm, I'm getting tired, but I, I know, I know that you know I what know. I'm talking you know. about. Right. I think the poem spoke for itself, so we can just. Yeah. I'm just Incredible. glad I made it back in time to, to get on here and get to hear some of the poets. You know, I don't like missing. So, but um, I got to go to do some rapping and cutting some cabochons, and so I did have a a good, successful trip there, too. And I made it back in time to do something here, so even though you're worn out, I'm worn out, too, but we are here. And I'll read together again and do the other two next week. Well, i got to awesome. go again next Thursday, but, yeah, I'll still do it. Okay, babe, love you. Talk to you soon. Love you, too, Mama. Thank you. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 807807. 807. Robbie. Hello, that's Robbie. me. I'm, oh, <laughs> that makes that makes that makes the whole thing worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie. That's my new. There's my new ringtone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, one time, uh, just very quickly, because it, it's good to get a little humor when. You know, we're all remembering it, you know, such heavy things. But uh, recently at, at work, I heard uh, there's a guy with a text coming in. And he's, and I swear to God, this is what it said. And it was like in this voice. Hey there, Mr. Sexy. 
you just got another text. And I literally had to stop myself from laughing out loud right then and there. And I really, I didn't want to get myself in trouble because I'm an employee, right? I still had the shirt on me and I didn't want to say, an employee laughed at me. Why is he doing that? But anyways, insanity. <laughs> so I'll uh, read one. Uh, I'm going to add two shorter ones if I can do two. Uh, one I'm going to read for you and Jade because we're talking about photography in the chat. And also a Doug Curry got me thinking about an old poem that I have uh, that Meg, uh, what's her last name? Megan Moira really liked. Uh, it's called The Addict. And because, uh, you, you know, you were talking about how drugs get into the neighborhood and everything. And, you know, like, even though I haven't been touched by drugs in that way, like that somebody's, Somebody that I know has been affected by it. Whenever I just have a repu- have a repugnance, even just to the idea of it, you know, they, uh, all those horrible heart synthetic drugs that are out on the street, and how they just change people so much. Like he, like uh, Doug was saying, you know, like once they get hooked, you know, that they'll do anything. They'll you know they'll steal stuff from your house. They'll do this. They'll do, and you know, uh, it's just it's just one of those things that even though it hasn't happened to me in that way it's just it just upsets me so much that people would be okay with putting it out on the street and 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 just how it affects people's lives in that uh and anyways so this is called the addict the telltale signs of addiction, they are thundering through his heart and racing through his mind as he mainlines the poisoned ecstasy of narcosis directly into his thoughts. He is a revenant, a living corpse whose body sheens with sweat. His body necrotizes itself as it seeks to feed its own addiction, as mind takes on a bolder conviction to commit acts of moral aggression it never considered before. Does his pallid color frighten you? Does his shuffling gait discomfort you? Or how about the endless tracks of needle use upon his arms? His body is a living map of addiction. No skin, his skin has no more elasticity or color, and all the willpower is drained from his soul. For he is the addict, the puppet of a telltale thunder of heart, with a psychosis of obsession that runs through the mind. Rest and peace he cannot find, as the gates that lead out of addiction he can no longer find. I see him shuffling, his soul ruffling amongst the dark clouds of his own soul. And as I see this, I present this vision to you, lest your mind it not take heed. Beware the addict, lest the addict ever becomes you. And that's a little bit darker than I usually do, but, you know, it's something I feel strongly about. And this is Fractals in the Photograph. And this was inspired by a really cool video that I shared with you a long time ago from a guy called Hybrid Librarian. He hasn't had any uh, any uploads on YouTube for a long time, but he had one of those ones, uh, 10 Most Mysterious Photographs. Mm-hmm. And the music, the music in it was, it's just, made it a compelling story because it was like that really driving music and it's just saying about the whole presentation of it the, the his choice of photos the music the whole pacing it was just is excellent 
Uh, so and inspired ended up inspiring me, and actually was talking to him back and forth about it a little bit uh, at that at that time. Fractals in the photograph. Fractals in the photograph emerge as mysterious images develop in the ether. Those celluloid prisons of awkward, awful, and mysterious moments. The moments we dare not speak of as we run from what those images imply. I feel my psyche become fractured as I delve helplessly into the mystery of it. A moment of an alternate reality frozen for all to see. Engrams of another reality imprinting itself now unto my trembling and reeling psyche. I'm sinking further and further inside of it. Fractalizing further and further every second of every second. And my teeth grit. My skin crawls at the thought of it. The thought of emerging into these awful realities that we're never meant to see. I will never forget or will never forgive myself for it. For I have been caught in the whirling vortex of a malevolent destruction. Caught up in it. Fractalized by the fractals in the photographs. Left never the same for what I let myself see. So with that poem, you kinda, it kind of goes more into the more sinister side of it. Uh, I think there's one or two photos that I know you'd have an appreciation for this. It's because you don't know the context or you, you do know what the context is and it, it displaces the photograph. Like sometimes you'll see uh, something like a good example would be a picture of uh, a couple, you know, the night before, uh, you know, the husband murders the wife or vice versa or, um, just before, you know, something that's completely mundane before another event happens, right? Before a, a big event happens. And there is one where uh, it's it's kind of like that, uh, they call it the uncanny valley, sort of. It's kind of like that, you know, where just one little thing is off. But so, it's, sometimes it's like something that it normally wouldn't be off, but because of the context it is. And they had these uh, a picture of all these kids. It was like 200 kids with gas masks on because it was like World War One, so they had to have their protection. Mm-hmm. And all of them were shaped as Mickey Mouse masks because the, their hope was that if it was shaped like a Mickey, like Mickey Mouse, they would be more comfortable with donning them, donning them, you know, with putting them on uh, and uh, more comfortable with it. And uh, so it's that displacement again. You know, you're seeing 100, 200 children in Mickey Mouse gas masks. You know, and it's just this sea of this, all these it's faces. It's absolutely terrifying all in itself. It is, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's again, it's it's taking something like Mickey Mouse, you know, hi, I'm Mickey Mouse, you know. And it's, hey, Robbie. Yeah. I got to shut up. Is that your first one or your second one? Uh, that was my second one. I, I did The the okay. Addict. Yeah, I did right, The Addict right. and The, uh, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. All right, do me a favor, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you, baby. I didn't mean to cut you off, but my stuff no, no. people to get on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just ended up thinking a lot. <laughs> I, I know, I know, and I love talking like that with you. <laughs> yeah, but I have to rein it in sometimes. Uh, I can be found under uh, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry on uh, Facebook. There is my, Most of my links are there, including uh, all poetry. And I'm hoping to get more music out. So I have my SoundCloud there with a couple of tracks up there already, including Tonight I Am the Sun, which was a music poet, poetic collaboration between me and a guy called Bing Satellites. 
So there we go. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Will we talk to you next week, Lev? Uh, more than likely, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie. You bet. Bye, hon. Bye. Okay. Let's go ahead and grab 419. 419, you're on the air. Hi, Nada. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, Melvin. Good, good. Yeah, I missed a couple of weeks, uh, so I wanted to try to get in tonight. Um, I'm glad you did. All right. I got a couple. If I can do one of them, this first one is a new one. I just finished it uh, a couple of days ago. It's for the new uh, book of love poems that I'm working on. Um, the poem is entitled Something About You. I knew from the beginning there was something about you. Something angelic that I wanted to shout to. Heavenly, I thought, as I watched you walk by, wondering if you had noticed the sparkle in my eye. Glory, I thought, such beauty to behold, as my mind wandered off to stories untold. I imagined the thrill of the touch of your lips, the hypnotic suggestions of the sway in your hips, the warmth I would feel cradled in your arms. How quickly I was becoming a victim of your charms. And I thought, if only I could get a chance to know you, as my mind created the melody of the love I would show you. See, I knew from the beginning there was something about you, something angelic that I wanted to shout to. And now each morning I wake up, it's like a new start of the song you created to the beat of my heart. End poem. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. And 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 this is written from the strong hands of a boxer, ladies. Just so you know. <laughs> so you know, as he's writing, those arm muscles are flexing and flowing. <laughs> oh, that was that was you incredibly know, beautiful, like sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I am your biggest fan. <laughs> I, I admit it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ditto. Are you going to read another one real quick? I can read another one real quick. Uh, I've read this one before. It's called Forever and Ever. Uh, it's also in uh, in the book. Um, I thought that we would be forever and that she would never deceive me. When she told me that she would never leave me, I took a pause because those were words that I had heard before. They had become obscure to my ability to grasp them as the truth. They were like a tooth full of pain that was destined for extraction, but there was a faction of a look in her eyes and her smile that captivated me, and my defenses fell. Hell was on its way into my life. Pain and strife defined the anguish of her manipulation. The constant stipulation from those she brought into our relationship who didn't know me to show me to her based on the experiences of their failed relationships. Anticipation shifts of shit that I have never been about. Played out in her mind like they were real. And still, I loved her. From within the shadows of the prison in which I was confined. Defined by the twisted reflection of objections to my love for her and her love for me. Which they said could never be. Which they said should never be. Which they said would never be. So we became us. You and me. Forever. Never. 
absolute perfection, both of them. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. I'm so glad you were able to get in tonight, Melvin. Me too. And how have you been? I've been doing really good. I've been doing really good. Yeah. Tell everyone how to find you, baby. Uh, you can find me on uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on All Poetry, and uh, you can find me on on YouTube under Melvin D. Johnson. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, and we will talk to you next week, hon. Yes, I'm going to try to make it. Okay. All right, you guys, our next caller comes from area code 909, and they're going to be followed by, excuse me, 919, and they're going to be followed by 832. So 919, you are on the air. Good evening. Good night. Good night. Good night, Nyla. (laughs) Hello, Granville. How are you, sweetheart? I am fine, I am fine, and since you're being pressed for time, I'll get into the work straight away. This poem is called, I Will Have Loved. I will grasp for the emptiness and believe the uncertainty. I would have loved and faced the unknown. I would have her jealousy to serve my rage. I will master her passions and tether the uncertainty, the gulf, the void. I would walk the edge and face the hurt, the pain. I would house the grief. I would have my share of gushing tears and tender sobbing. I would have mortal ailments and their sentiments for this nectar of human virtue. I would say to the hurt, you are my friend, and to the pain, you are my strength, that I should bruise the cheeks of her virginity. Then shall I look at another woman and have infidelity overwhelm me. Give me that guilt to carry. I need that burden to bear. Why seekest thou to unman me? See how my manhood wavers and my constitution fluctuates. There is no stability within me. I fear I cannot persist, and soon I shall be ousted. I am beset by darkness. Yes, I fear for my soul, and I am losing my bouts of celibacy, and the unwedded live and the unwedded life that is nobly lived, I fear, is not mine. Still, I would brave the cold and the loneliness I would welcome in. Art harm should the night bring me that I should wonder why I put up with this madness. Love and honor shall be my comfort 
and I would that love was mine yet. Thank you, Payne. Thank you. Why I put up with this madness? I loved it. Yeah, this appointment about almost 30 years ago. This, this, you, this, this came from, huh? Go ahead, I'm sorry. So this poem came from my first book. Your first book. Yes. 